Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey friends, have you noticed that no matter how much yoga we do, we may still struggle in our intimate relationships? My husband and I have a great relationship, but we are not relationship coaches. And we know that yoga can and does help, but at a certain point, you need more relational support from a relationship specialist. If you're going through some kind of challenge right now in your relationships, my friend Jason Gaddis at the Relationship School can help. Jason's team will pair you up with a skilled relationship coach, and within 48 hours, you'll be getting private one-on-one support on whatever you're going through relationally. And right now, for my listeners only, Jason is offering half off one month of relationship coaching. Head over to relationshipschool.com slash Laura to get the deal and watch your relationships improve. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined, as always, by my beautiful co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist, lit teacher extraordinaire. Hey, everybody. Hey, Laura. So good to see you, as always. Always great to see you, my friend. Okay, so I've got we got a question from JB Stylus Seven. How do I know if my intermittent back pain is a disc or a muscle? Ugh. You know what? I love this question. I'm just going to jump right in because this is there's two schools of thought here. My initial reaction to that question, and that would be similar to yours, is who cares? Uh, it doesn't matter. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Yeah, because. We have seen in so on so many occasions where people ha- people have disc bulges, people have disc herniations, and they don't have pain with it. And then we see other people who do have pain and have no evidence of that. So, you know, to try to figure out what's causing it, while I understand the rationality of that, because whenever I have an injury, I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. But your best bet is just, and we talk about this in physical therapy, actually, when you become a physical therapist, you learn this, that don't treat the diagnosis. You look for the impairments. And an impairment is what can't you do? What aren't you doing well? So I would rather, rather than try to figure out what's causing your pain, try to figure out, well, you know, I mean, what's causing by way of in the anatomy, let's talk about what's causing your pain physiologically slash biomechanically, you know, what isn't moving well, what 
why perhaps is the back overworking? Um, you know, what is your core not engaged? What does your posture look like? What is your pelvis doing? What are your hips doing? Um, we can certainly speculate that when people have true disc radiating pain, a lot of times you can follow that pain with a finger like that. It's like a nerve pattern. So if you have that, you're like, doesn't sound like you do because it's intermittent. Um, but when you real when people have that acute disc discomfort, a lot of times with the radiation, it'll follow like a finger. If it's more broad, like a hand kind of coming across your back or down the leg, there's a whole host of things it could be. I would argue for a lot of people, people assume it's the disc and it's, and it's not um, because there's a, so many, we talk about birds on a wire. There's so many places that um, can affect the nerve as it travels from the back down the legs that yes, it might be a disc, but even if it is, so what? Um, I have seen many, many people get completely better who you would look at their MRI and go, oh boy, you know, that looks scary. Um, but if we really just treat what you're not doing well, take a look at your movement pattern, your habits, the body is amazing at healing itself. Well, Laura, what else do you have to add to that? Yes. I, I mean, that's my, my first gut instinct too, is it doesn't really matter. I think we look to diagnoses as, um, as some kind of, it, what, what, not validation, but almost a recipe. Like it gives us um, just like a tangible uh, reason that something we're experiencing is there. And what's more important is like, what is your experience? Like, like you said, and then you look at like, well, let's just examine so many things. Like, what's your lifestyle? That would be my first thing. Tell me about your life. What are you doing? Because your lifestyle is going to be, in, in a way, the biggest predictor of where this root cause might be. And that could be, hey, you move a lot, or you move too little, or you're wearing heels all day, or you're sitting all day, or you're standing all day. Um, you're recovering from being pregnant. I mean, there's just so many factors that contribute to this low back pain experience. And the fact that you said it's intermittent just probably has something to do with those things that you're doing. And you might be doing them um, in particular a lot one week, and that's when it shows up. So I always ask people, like, just kind of monitor when you feel that. Like, what, what have you been doing? I used to do this when I, when I had a period. Like when the period finally came, I'm like, oh, that's why I felt like I wanted to like murder my husband two days ago, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, oh, we get a symptom and it's like we can kind of sometimes trace back to something. Um, and it, does, it can be many things. But like Kristen said, like really look at your posture, your um, biomechanics, you know, when we talk about a dysfunction or an impairment, it's not a bad word. We all have them. You know, it's habits that are not serving us over and over again. And the whole idea is to try it because our world is not set up to serve us. I mean, we're not set up the way our, we were engineered and designed to be moving frequently. Um, not like hardcore, but very often and in a variety of ways. And so if we look at that as our engineering, 
then look at what you're doing now and then look at the gap. So it could be, hey, you just need to get up 10 minutes of every hour and do some movement. Um, I think most people with low back pain, if they do that, a lot of them are going to find relief or it'll go away because it's just you need to move more often. And then the second thing is you need to learn how to move in a way that is best serving you for today, but also 20 years from now. Um, so like, don't think about the diagnosis. Like she said, you can, you know, it could be a nerve root impingement. It could be a little inflammation after sitting on the sciatic nerve. Who knows? Just look at what are you doing and where are the imbalances if, you, if we were made to move in all these different ways. Are you getting on the floor? Get up and down off the floor. Why? Because low back pain is highly linked to lack of hip mobility, highly linked to not moving well in thoracic spine. So really look at that and, um, you know, go to our platform. <laughs> Always the answer. That's our, that's our like script <laughs> prescription. That is so true. Um, all right. So our second question here, of course, I had it pulled up and now I don't. Uh, here we go. Uh, came from the lit uh, um, support at lityoga.com. So this is from Lauren, who says, um, I lead a, it's kind of the same thing. I lead a pretty sedentary lifestyle, work at my computer 10 plus hours per day for my job, but try to work out slash practice lit yoga two to three times per week. I get flare-ups of tendonitis in my wrist, and I notice it sometimes gets worse if I do too many weight-bearing poses slash exercises after many days of not working out. Is there something I can do on a daily basis to prevent these flare-ups? Not sure if stretching or muscle-building stuff is better for injury prevention in wrist. Thank you. Love the podcast, Lauren. You Lauren, start yeah. yeah. Okay, first of all, I love that you're writing this, but I'm going to be your, like, mom here, you need to move every day. And maybe you are, maybe you're only doing lit two or three days, but you're doing other things. So if you are great, but the amount of time we spend sitting, especially at the computer, you're having wrist stuff, you have to counter that. And movement every day is the last thing you take off your list. You might take off like going out to dinner. You might take off, you know, getting on the couch and what. It is the last thing to take off because it will prevent you from overuse or at least certainly help. And then you add on the different elements of the ingredients that will help. So yes, mobility is huge, but mobility is not just in the wrist. You're feeling your wrists are getting overused, but you need to get the shoulders mobile and strong, working on your posture, working on your postural core muscles, core and postural core. I use those together because I want people to really realize that core is your postural core muscles, meaning the muscles is close to your skeleton to give you the support. The reason they're important is they create a feeling of safety and stability in our nervous system. We need those and we need them to help us sit tall, stand tall. So A, make sure that you are doing some kind of like our reset, that's do it every day. Like every day, stretch out your wrist, Work the shoulder, the whole, the range in shoulder. Um, we have shoulder therapeutics. We have shoulder mobility. If you look at our bridge series, which is not our build your capacity, but it's the bridge between the build your capacity six week and the um, other stuff on Lit Daily, we have mobility stuff on there that's 
15 to 25 minutes. So do a little bit at least every single day. And I would say do even more if you can. And it doesn't have to be hardcore, but it needs to be mobility and some core stability with that. There's a lot more to say, but I'll let you take it over. Yeah. No. And I, first of all, you're, you're not alone. I, I occasionally suffer from wrist and I know mine's a hundred percent when I'm not tapped into my core, when I'm not tapped into my shoulder girdle, I can feel that I put too much into my wrist, but you knowing that you are spending 10 plus hours a day at a computer, you know, I know that you are not probably moving your wrists very much. So like Laura said, mobility, mobility uh, on our YouTube channel, I have a wrist uh, warm up. It's literally five or seven minutes long. I have given this to a lot of my patients. They swear by it. These are people who do um, who are at the computer all day and they do it every single day. And it's just, it's mobility. There's a little bit of uh, strengthening in there as well. But, you know, we are not supposed to just sit with our hands and this, you know, doing the same thing. Any type of repetitive use or overuse is, is doing two things. It's overusing some muscles, but it's underusing a lot of joints. And so you need to get that stuff moving. Um, we, you also, you know, knowing that you're practicing lit two to three times a day, you are someone who you might come to, let's say if you're coming to a live class, you might start about 10 minutes early and do an extra warm up before your practice because, you know, yoga period, um, lit included, can be tough on wrists, especially people who work at a computer all day and don't have full wrist extension. Any type of weight-bearing exercise Planks, quadruped, uh, are putting you in a in a position that you aren't in throughout the day. So you are someone who's going to need to do a little, and I've got that on there as well. I also have an entire waitlist in the wrist series on Lit Daily for those times where you are flared up. We had people. This was a couple years ago that I made this up. People were like, "I want to be able to still do my Lit, but my wrists are flared up." So I made up this. I believe there are six classes on there. They are full on Lit classes. This is not beginner. I just created it so you could still do your your lit practice. And in fact, you're working more shoulder girdle by not getting on the hands that you need. So try those out, knowing that you're a lit, a lit person. Absolutely, go do those. You'll be pleasantly surprised by, number one, how hard it's going to make your scapula work. It'll take your wrists out of it, which will feel better. But it also kind of lets you know or lets you feel maybe where you're not using the core well. You're not using the shoulder girdle well, which is why it's going into your wrist. Um, watch your neck, you know, your position of your neck, especially in like a plank, in a chaturanga. You know, we, we need to get the strength in the entire core, you know, from the crown of the head to the pelvic floor to take weight out of the hands, which is kind of the shocking. Like, how do I take weight out of the hands? I've got my I'm, I'm in a plank. Well, you'd be surprised the difference that just engaging the deep cervical flexors and your and your deep abdominals can feel on your hands. So, you know, things like that will come in handy. Yeah. And the other thing I'll say, um, Lauren, is um, also feel free to kind of alternate between being on your wrist, being on your forearms, being on your knuckles, and look at the surface area you're practicing on. If you're practicing on really hard wood, tile, concrete, that's going to be hard on anybody's wrist, my wrist, KB's wrist, like, and we don't even have wrist issues coming in. 
So watch where you practice. If you practice on really thick carpet, that can also put more demand on the tendons around in the wrist. And um, so, and look at the uh, ability, just flipping your forearm. Can you flip it? So your palm is facing away, my elbow's bent like high, and then I'm flipping it all the way, but without moving my elbow. I'm just flipping that. How well is the forearm spinning? Because those tissues attach from um, the wrist joint, across the wrist joint, and all the way up into the elbow. So look at all of those things and then report back, but keep coming and just you anytime for anyone that finds like, oh, when I do that, like it is just your, it's information. Don't do less, do something in a way to help. I don't want to say do it smarter because I'm sure you're doing it smarter, but just like really do it to think, hmm, my wrists are calling out to me. How can I better support them? Stretch them, strengthen my shoulder girdle, mobilize my shoulder girdle, mobilize my thoracic spine, make sure that my rib cage is stacked over my pelvis, blah, blah, blah. You got it. Please report back to us because we would love to hear if you have any follow-up to that. Hi, friends. I'm reminding you we have an upcoming Lit Europe tour, and we would love for you to join us. Whether you live in Europe or not, get on to these workshops. Maybe travel with us and go from one place to another. I mean, we're going to Paris. We're going to Frankfurt, Germany. Then we're heading to Salzburg, Austria. We're going to have the best time, and we would love to see you. There's nothing like an in-person workshop experience to fine-tune your movement, get some real educational nuggets for better movement on and off the mat. And by the way, we have the best time together. We would love to give you a hug and help you move your best and feel your best. So join us in Europe this summer. Check out the show notes for all the details. Love okay, it. so <laughs> somebody wrote this question and it's literally been on my mind from the time that I saw it. Ever the diplomat is the um, handle. How to protect the lower spine with lots of folding, including down dog. So to me, ever spine, I don't think you must practice lit. This You're probably practicing more traditional yoga because we spend so much time on this. <laughs> so much time because when you're doing a forward fold, and I really rarely use that term because I don't want it to elicit this feeling of like folding your spine. Um, we work on the distinction between hip movement and movement at the pelvis, which inevitably will get into the spine. And when you're doing forward folds, like standing forward folds, but then you said down dog, well, that right there down dog, your spine should be neutral, meaning it's not rounding and it's not arching. And the best way I can set you up for that is, is to imagine you're doing something you've never done before, which is this. You get into quadruped, you sneak your knees in closer so that you've got a shorter distance between your wrist and your knee. And then you tuck your toes and you pike your pelvis straight up in the air and your weight is in your hands a lot. And then imagine you don't want to unweight your hands as you start to move, deepening in the hip creases. So you're moving your pelvis back in space without unweighting your hands. So in essence, you're stretching the spine. You, The fulcrum is the hip that meets the spine. 
if the fulcrum is not working well, meaning you're tipping your pelvis or you're collapsing in your shoulders, that's going to impact the spine. And that's, that's when it won't necessarily feel as safe or supported. So some of it is people that teach yoga don't always go into the nuances of this and you're just mimicking a pose. And of course, there's lots of yoga photos out there that do this slopey down dog. Um, and you, you don't want to do that. So if you, if you have the opposite where your low back is really rounded because there's a lot of tightness, bend your knees, get up on the balls of your feet. I almost never have my heels down and then put your hands on blocks to give your spine. This is what I think of spine is, is the, is everything. It is the, whatever I think Iyengar said, spine is, you know, God is in the spine. Support that, right? Everything goes to support the lengthened neutral spine unless we mobilize it and we mobilize it in purposeful ways, but that's not the place we're doing it. I could say a lot more, but KB, go. Well, no, I love that you mentioned the photos all over Instagram. You know, um, Laura and I in our kind of running of, of all things lit, we we are often working with marketing people and, and they're suggesting these photos and and they go to stock photos of of yoga and they put them in our ads and we're like nope 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 because so much traditional yoga like lara like you were talking about the down dog is super slopey in the back the forward fold is super flexed in the spine and so it becomes a very a very passive movement pattern by passive i mean hanging and sagging you know and so if you could be feeling discomfort for, for two reasons. You might be hypermobile where you just sink into things. And then over time, that's going to bother you. When you're in your teens and your 20s, which is when a lot of people kind of maybe start to get into yoga in college, they're like, oh, I can do whatever. And it's like, sure, you can do that now. But, you know, let's just say that a lot of yoga teachers find lit because yoga ends up hurting them. In fact, that's why I found lit as a physical therapist. I kept getting all these patients from yoga. And I was like, what is going on in this yoga business? And I just went to one class and it was like, oh, well, that's obvious. There's so much hanging going on in the spine. And I'm like you, Laura, I very rarely call it forward fold anymore. When I do, I kind of cringe. And because it's really more of a forward hinge, because I want people to hinge at the hips and keep the spine long. And that, again, is not to say, like you said, doesn't mean you can't flex your spine. But if your yoga becomes very repetitive, any type of movement practice, for the most part, yoga, lit yoga being the least repetitive, I think, of, of many, um, it's, it's the same thing over and over and over again. And, you know, with our choreography, we do really try to minimize that, which is another thing that if you're not doing lit, you might find that. Well, one of two things, you might find it refreshing because it's it never gets old. It's always something new. You might find it really hard and annoying because you're used to that. We, you know, you know what you know and you do what you do. So, you know, definitely stimulating the brain, but really teaching you how to move well in the spine, in the pelvis, and with some integrity, you know, so some some active movement where when you're in that forward fold, when you're in a down dog. It's not a resting pose, either one, 
because you are have an integrated core that is supporting that spine at all times. Um, it's a game changer. It will change your life. Um, so yeah, take a look. We, 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 we do have an entire low back pain series on the lit, you know, uh, platform that, that is a good place to start because they're shorter. And it sounds like you're a, a yogi anyway, but really a lot of people who've been traditional yogis, they, they need to start at a beginner level because we have a whole brand new vernacular for you. And it, it'll be, it, there, there's a, a, a learning curve involved. Yeah. And, and just the way you said how to prevent, you know, the, the lower spine with lots of folding, just at its essence, you're not folding in your spine. Yeah. That doesn't mean you won't ever do it. So a lot of people then interpret like, oh, are you stiff all the time? And we need to flex. Of course not. In daily life, I'll go, I'll scoop kitty litter, I'm hinging, but I know how to hinge really well. I've got great mobility in my hips. I'm not relying primarily on that flexion, but maybe at the end I will get it. But I have the strength and the biomechanics in place. So what what you set up is a really crisp wiring. I'm protecting my spine by getting my hips mobile, my shoulders mobile and strong, my posture great, my core integration. And that essentially is improving the literacy between your brain and body. So that then you can move in and out of neutral. Like, of course, we're going to move in and out of neutral. But if you're moving out of neutral as a movement pattern, that is not ideal because your hips are made to hinge trillions of times your spine is not and I don't care what anybody says like it's just not all all people that I admire and you know have been in this game a long time and they've seen thousands of clients and they're they're in it themselves and they will say do not give up you know your spine don't move in your spine in lieu of your hips. It, it's not a trade-off you want to do. So I love that. That's a great yeah. what That's a great thing to end on, I think. It is great. So on that note, uh, you know, you know what to do. Check out our online platform. We have amazing classes that are great for any level. We have entry level, uh, we have a launch pad. We can take you through that. If you join after our free trial, you can book a 30-minute consultation with a movement expert. That doesn't mean they're going to be uh, breaking you down. They're there to help you. Like you can say this type of thing. Hey, I feel like, can you look at my down dog and give me any advice on that? That is exactly what that's for. That's free to you when you um, convert into one of our memberships. So check out you know, our Lit Daily platform. It's smart and it's fun. We want movement to be joyful and we want movement to be joyful for the long run. Uh, you can also write us questions just like this. Any kind of question you want to ask, you can write it on Instagram. I am at laura.hyman and KB is at kbwilliams99. And you can also write in, like Lauren did, to our email at support at lityoga.com and those get forwarded to us. And everything's on the table. So, you know, feel free to, we, we love giving you as much advice as we can because like you said, we've seen thousands of patients between the two of us and that 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 does go a long way. It really does. And it doesn't mean by any means we know everything. We don't. We know how little we know. But what we do know is that it matters that you see people, observe people, and teach people. So if you're going to a physical therapist and they're only going, or, or any movement expert, they're only going by book reading, 
and research and they haven't been in the trenches with thousands of people, just pay attention to that because I want, you know, it's like my husband's about to have surgery. He's going to the person who does this surgery a hundred times a month, not the person who's reading up all about it, the newest technique, whatever. Like, no, he's going to the person who has done it and is like really knows the game. So that's my final word. <laughs> all right. As always, we love you and we are so grateful for you. And we are pulling for you. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.